Welcome back to Gentlemen Prefer Bonds. I'm Will Daniel. And I'm Will Schlick. And I'm Max Wilcox. Uh, tonight we're continuing our series of movies we feel were inspired by James Bond in some way, and uh, talking about uh, John Landis' 1985 comedy, Spies Like Us, uh, originally written, I think, in the late 70s by Dan Aykroyd to be a vehicle for him and John Belushi, and then uh, obviously a couple years after Belushi died, uh, ended up being made with him and uh, Chevy Chase. Uh, Max, you selected this movie for uh, us to, to discuss. Uh, what's your experience with this movie? Uh, wh- why'd you pick it? That it feels accusatory when you... <laughs> I, I really didn't mean it to you... come off that way. When and you if say I didn't it... Love this, and if I didn't love this movie, I'm also the guy who made us watch the 90s Avengers and the 60s Casino Royale, so you're, you're allowed a, a, a turkey or two. I was I very I'm very like uh, what is what is my history with this movie? I definitely uh, saw this movie because like my mom rented it or something. That's definitely the first time I saw it was or or you know I was probably in a blockbuster and was like, that's Chevy Chase, that's Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah. How, how are it. you gonna How are you gonna not watch that movie with Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd? Which to be entirely fair to me is assumedly what every audience member in 1985 also said. Um, yeah, because... where it, it had a, a huge out-of-control budget. $22 million for a comedy, I think, is about what it ended up costing, is insane for four, almost 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah um, and got but, but really made, bad made reviews. Money. And, and made money, yeah. And did made like pretty, a pretty decent nice domestic money. box office, yeah. Yeah, I was reading somewhere that it did like 77 all told, like international as well. Which mm-hmm. seventy seven on twenty two? You're you're so happy with that return. You don't oh, care yeah. and, at that point. And you don't care a, a whit about uh, about um, if anyone liked it. Oh, and I'm sure they're they're selling this VHS as well. So yeah, I rented it in the late nineties. <laughs> so yeah. I put a little more money in the Landis pockets. <laughs> Yeah. Um, those uh, wonderful Landis pockets. Yeah. So, so that is probably my history with it. I remember watching it as a kid. I remember liking two or three moments. Um, and yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, watching it as an adult, I I watched it and more accurately and aggressively liked specifically maybe two moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There, there's really only about there's, two jokes in the movie, some, which is funny. Yeah. There, there, I, I had some I had some chuckles, but uh kinda kind of a rough one overall. Yeah. I I was reading a review of it that talked about how there's really only one moment of like real comedy in the movie and he's like I'll I'll let you guess what it is. I think it's pretty obvious what that one moment is. We'll talk, talk about it when we get to it. But like oh, yeah. that'll that be a fun thing. What's the what's the oh, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. But it'll be that'll be fun. Let's not say it, but let's let's later later on let's let's each choose what we think the one moment of comedy was. Because there was yeah, that, one moment that I laughed out loud. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear. There's one moment in there that's like really funny that's actually makes you laugh. I it's interesting because I think mine's gonna be different than than y'all's. I had one moment where I legitimately laughed out, like I cackled. I won't say that it was prolonged, um, but uh, but yeah, that is my history. Had had either of you seen this movie before? I had not. I had I I definitely caught a couple of scenes on TV as a kid, and then I think early on in COVID, I like watched it on HBO uh, a couple years ago. Um, and uh yeah it's fun it's even like it's it's not that 
Bond inspired. It's like more, um, it's trying to be like the eighties Dr. Strange love, like mixed with that. They said, talked about a lot, how it was like inspired by like, uh, Bob Hope, uh, like, um, Bing Crosby road movie. Um, like doing that, I guess that kind of mixed with James Bond kind of mixed with, uh, strange love. And even, uh, you know, this is this part now is IMDb trivia, so take a massive grain of salt. But uh, they said that it, there was originally an ending where the world just did get blown up, and like, <laughs> of course, test audience is not, feel not crazy about it. No, you uh-huh. can fe- you can feel that edit coming watching the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it, I definitely thought which, it, the world was going to blow uh, up at the end. It's weird how they make like a really, really sharp pivot with a scene yeah. where he's just like laying around in his cot. And I kind of don't know why, because they, they, they make no sincere efforts to have it be like a real buddy movie. They just kind of like each other half an hour in. And then you just accept it because there's it's the two of them. Yeah. And, and there's like, there's actually, there's zero sentimentality about this movie. So like, I don't know who, who really cares. Who's really going to be sad. If like at the end of this, the world blows up. Like, It's a really weird, I can see like at the time it must've been an absolute phenomenon. Like it must've been a big movie to make because they get like all these crazy cameos. Paul McCartney does a song for it. I don't, (laughs) did you listen to that song? No. Does it make it in the movie? It's in the end credits. Okay. I Uh, I stopped it at the end credits because I had We're watching the music video after (laughs) because it's, it's something and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase are in it. Yeah. You gotta imagine this movie must have just been like a massive thing when it was being made, like before it came out. Yeah. Again, I mean, this was like. This had a higher budget than Raiders. This had a higher budget than Star Wars. Maybe cost more than Empire Strikes Back. I forget how much that cost, but well, like, it's also it's eighty five. Like, yeah, like it costs, not only not only is is Ghostbusters the year before this, but but this is the 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 exact zenith moment where Chevy Chase like it, it's not a thing that we think about now as a society, but he was he was the biggest comedy star in movies at least at least the highest grossing. In the 1980s, this is you could not have sort of chosen a, a higher point for this really weirdly uh, uh, unremembered movie to have come out. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. This is that's a thing is, is like the the kind of 80s lazy comedy slash just like really expensive star vehicle like kind of died with well with with Adam Sandler movies slash Adam Sandler like making the netflix deal like you just you don't make this kind of stuff theatrically anymore and it's just a, a totally different and and yeah and and the this i'll emphasize star driven because the big comedies of the last 20 years have largely been like it's kind of sold on like judd apatow or it's you know people are are lucky to work with like a judd apatow or you know tina fey script or whatever it's not really about the the comedy stars anymore yeah Especially the the last decade. Yeah, I mean, the last decade, comedies have been hard to come by at all, successful yeah. ones. I mean, the market for them has really shrunk, which is kind of weird and interesting. Like, yeah, unless you're doing an Apatow comedy, you're, yeah. you're not seeing many of them out there. It's, it's I want to well, get back when to the, the, aftermarket, uh, the Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, when the aftermarket doesn't exist, right? Like, it's just so hard to, to, to yeah. release anything, which is why now... Every drama is a little funny, and every action movie is secretly a comedy. Like it's it's why all of us gravitated so quickly to uh, 
the Taika Waititi uh, Marvel movies, right? Because you're all of us. What we all wanted to, was to go to a movie theater and see a comedy. And we we're like, oh, thank God, this yeah. action movie is secretly a very good comedy. But let's talk about this bad comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, what do you what do you want to say? Uh, there's there's a lot of Reagan going on in this movie. A lot which of is, Reagan going on in this movie. It's, it's interesting that for what they're doing, they don't have like. Uh, I don't know who who it would have been like. There's no Tom Arnold type like playing the president or something, or or that just you know old, old white man. <laughs> I hate that I can picture that as if it happened. I hate that I have a, a Man- like a Mandela effect of like, oh yeah, what are you talking about? That scene's in this movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I have a question: Is the musical that Chevy Chase is watching in the beginning? Is that Ronald Reagan in that musical? Oh yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was, I didn't look it up, but it looked like him. I, I didn't know he was in any musicals. <laughs> I guess he made at least one. I he's he's Ronald Reagan. He's our our most <laughs> Reagan president. Um, he's definitely he is definitely a president of all time. Let's he's put it definitely that way. the Reaganiest president that we've had. Uh, uh, just hands hands down, bar none. He was president. And he wa- nobody can dispute yeah. that fact. Not a person among us would dare. Um, but yeah, this this uh, this movie. Here's let me put it this way: we, this is a Bond adjacent podcast. Let's get let's let's talk about the the specific ways in which I do think that it it does then still hail from a Bondian place, right? Um, obvi play obvi with a bullet. Th- it is spies. Um, that <laughs> it also it has. Uh, they are. G G two G twenty agents, uh, uh, i.e., a dumb numbering naming convention for their highest level of agent. These are agents that have been that have been placed in this position uh, to fail. They are supposed to, to be the agents that sort of uh, happen before James Bond's mission, where they're like, James, we sent out some buffoons and they died. You have to go in now. Um, there is a, uh, uh, convoluted, um, essentially a, a convoluted sci-fi, uh, weapons program introduced 20 minutes before the end of the movie. Very <laughs> yeah. Bond. Very <laughs> Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole Cold War nature of the plot and like that are the two most Bondian things about this. Yeah. Um, there's a gratuitous amount of, uh, of uh, unplot-driven sex. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, especially in the, the tradition of, uh, say, an older Roger Moore, uh, Chevy Chase is not particularly good-looking or charming, and everyone, I guess, just accepts that he's going to fuck, and he's going to just Dude, grab, grab some boob the scene he meets that woman who... Age. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, now I will say I think that Chevy Chase is uh, is very charismatic. It is a chaotic charisma, <laughs> um, but like that he is also just tall. The, he has the most like <laughs> I'm a tall man energy of almost any fucking celebrity. Just like the, dude, can we talk about the how how very bad both of their haircuts are? Aggressively <laughs> bad. Chase is so bad. Dan Chevy Chase, is yeah. fucking so bad. Ch- Chevy Chase just had a light comb over his whole career, basically, yeah. or he looked like his hair's getting ready to to be a comb over. So it like, is so aggressive. Dan Aykroyd's haircut looks like 
like a possible My Chemical Romance fan mixed with oh, like Clark yeah. Duke in the office. It's the <laughs> oh, weirdest yeah. haircut. It's it's it is it is weird and strange. We get introduced to these two characters in ways that are meant to be at least the it, so so this is also very Dan Aykroyd to me just in his his entire sort of deal his entire energy um is that we're introduced to chevy chase and it's supposed to be funny it's supposed to be charming that he's just sort of like a desk jockey who doesn't (laughs) want to work too hard but nothing particularly funny happens but you but you as an audience member are like all right this one's the funny guy and then you get introduced to dan Aykroyd's character and because it's Dan Aykroyd, like like wanting it to feel this way, you're like, oh, and this one's the smart one, who might be funny. This one's <laughs> yeah. the one that we're, I'm supposed to respect because good God knows Dan Aykroyd wants all of us to respect him, um, and <laughs> yeah. also and also he's gonna be funny. And it's like you don't well, get to have your cake <laughs> and fucking eat it too. Oh, they. I mean, we're obviously dealing with two enormous egos here. I mean, I, I watched a, a video on. Uh, some guys that the red letter media guys like ranking the the john carpenter uh movies recently and just talking about how like memoirs of an invisible man like how hard chevy chase fought to make it not a comedy and how like every scene he was just like there's too many jokes in this i don't want this to be silly (laughs) it's like amazing yeah (laughs) he really wanted to be taken seriously i it is it's it is really it is it is funny in an odd in an odd way because it it is we now get to watch it as a sort of uh time capsule right where like you can feel in a lot of it you're like whole like this is Chevy Chase Dan Aykroyd and John Landis three of the larger names in comedy in the 80s if not three of the top 10 just yeah uh, yes just hands three hands of the top out. five for sure, and this is but, at the like, zenith of their career. Yeah, like, well, it, and it, so the Landis has had Twilight Zones happened, right? We've had the the tragic accident. There's three people dead. Spielberg, George Miller, all those guys kind of distance themselves, but he still gets to make massive movies for the rest of the decade. This? When was that? Uh, I want to say Twilight Zone movies, like '83, maybe. Okay. Um. Yeah, pretty sure that it all happened at this point. But he's yeah, he's still landing these big movies for at least another five years. Yeah, Twilight Zone movies eighty three. It's um, it's bonkers. It's also like it comes out in a, in a time period that is so perfectly um, uh, suited to this type of movie. Where you require zero plot, um, there essentially there are essentially set pieces and names, and that's it. Which is which is like it's wild to watch now, but you can get why audience members were just fine just watching it because they were like, all right, and now they're in uh, yeah. sort of the Middle East, and everyone's like, yeah, 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 because you know Russia and Cold War and. Uh, militants and everyone just goes uh-huh 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 and they're like and then we're gonna go to russia and everyone goes yeah yeah, yeah. russia uh nuclear That's... bombs spies yeah 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 yeah. like but nothing happens in between any of these things you just if if you went to the film in 85 you just knew that's what was gonna happen so they didn't yeah, feel I... the need to do the in-between shit 
feel like, yeah, American Werewolf in London is maybe the only Landis movie that's like kind of plot driven and like everything else, including stuff I really like. Animal House, uh, Blues Brothers is just kind of like, there's a bunch of scenes like here's, you know, Aretha Franklin's here now. Like, what are you going to complain? Aretha Franklin's in the movie. Like, we're just going to do this now. And then Carrie Fisher's going to shoot a rocket launcher at them. And it's just kind of the movies are whatever he wanted them to be. And if you liked enough of it, it was like, yeah, sure. I'll go back next time. <laughs> like, Yeah. You just yeah. hope that enough of it's going to work out. Like, like it is. I don't know. What is what is John Landis like most sort of plot driven? American Werewolf in London, I think. Yeah, I mean, Trading Places has, like, more of a plot than his other comedies. Like, that's, at least there's sort of a pitch to that movie. See, I would argue, I don't know, I might argue, yes, I say yes to American Werewolf in London, or I would argue uh, Coming to America. Um, like coming uh, to yeah. America is oh, it is yeah. a character study. Yeah, that's a... It's a character study, but it it's it is it is A to B. Like it is the the entire he does he does you know go on a, the journey to learn a lesson and and yeah, like, that, that, does follow through it with everything. That's pretty plot driven. About um, probably probably as much as American Werewolf in London. But I feel like at heart he's really a sketch comedy director rather yeah. than a film director's. Oh yeah. you know yeah like and <laughs> career clearly in all his movies he wants to do bigger and more genre stuff and just let's put a car chase in this or you know explosion in in this comedy yeah there's yeah part parts of this and parts of blue Bro- blues brothers that remind me of like Spielberg's 1941 or like it's a mad 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 world just these kind of bloated crazy comedies that almost turn into action movies yeah which is again wild because that was another movie that i like rented and and watched and was like as a kid and i and i i don't know i again i, I like i want to be which kind one? to uh, younger people uh 1940 uh, uh 1940 oh yeah, yeah which we it's talked not a about good movie we talked about mm-hmm. in another pod where it's like i get that it's not good but child max had a great time watching it yeah. Um and it's like I have to think that if I was like 15 when it came out, I would have been a person that was kind of defending it and like I would know I was wrong, but I'd be like, "No, there's some good stuff in it. Like it's really really fun. You should go watch it. You should go watch it." Like I know that that's who who I would have been when when you're like just sp- like in that sort of zone. Yeah. Um but uh but let's talk about the plot of this wonderful film. <laughs> spies like it's a it's a fine pitch like the the bare bones of the plot i think are are decent for this kind of yeah comedy yeah i'd make the argument uh it doesn't really have a plot (laughs) yeah after the first 10 minutes where we set it up there's not a lot going on not much of a plot beyond that yeah which so 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 the i would so here's let's let's elevator pitch it the general plot is a government faction um, uh, has an important mission that uh, uh, agents have been dying during. In order to have the mission be a success, they decide to hire a couple of dumb patsies uh, and send them out as spies. Um, and wouldn't you know it, they end up being the ones who survive and save the day. As an elevator pitch, you can see where there's a, a comedy in that in fact like that story has been made if you just change a couple of words a bunch of times like you know that that is uh if you clean that up this is going to be a a reach but if you clean that up a bunch that's men in black 
if you if you really clean it up. If you clean it up, that's that is the movie Spy, a movie that we're going to to do later. Like Wait, there is uh, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. Oh. Per person gets elevated to position because they have to fail uh, 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 succeeds despite themselves backslash succeeds because of skills that were undervalued by others uh well men, men in black it, they are like the the best guys for the the job i disagree um you are i think you're forgetting that uh that will smith's character was personally scouted by time uh by tommy lee jones and that no one else thinks that he's going to succeed yeah, that, that's that's like uh, okay. a mentor story, though. But, th- but that's different than purposely hiring, th- than, like, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington or, like, Copland, where it's like, we're going to put in this dumb guy that we can use. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mr. To... Mr. Smith goes to Washington is an even better example, yeah. Um, This is not that, but it is a... <laughs> that is clearly what the drive was supposed to be. Except for that halfway through this movie, you begin to realize that, like, they sewed together this whole, like, there's an internal spy story that gets completely abandoned. (laughs) Yeah. They mentioned several times that there is probably, or not several, at least two or three times that there is probably a spy that is, like, getting their agents killed. Nothing comes of it. Never comes back. Never described. Um, Which yeah, in any and that's other like movie, such a pointed line too. Yeah, yeah, like in any other movie, when you say like, "Oh, there's a mole," like that becomes the plot is smoking out the mole. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I mean, maybe you're to assume it's it's the guy that's that's basically Sterling Hayden and Doctor Strangelove at the end, who's like you know wants the uh, nuclear Armageddon to to happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, in any other movie, but, that would be who, who's the guy who's in who's in X Men, who's the like blonde guy in this. Oh, uh, uh, Bruce Davison, I think. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah, that's him. Well, no, he, but that's the point. Is it? It couldn't be the Colonel bad guys because they're from the the idea that we're supposed that, that we're given at the beginning is that um these two dudes are are that that it's two different divisions coming together. Two different government divisions coming together to do this, right? That is why the two people from the army come into the scene, and and uh, the the two the two dudes in suits are like, "Oh, those how come those army guys are late? That's supposed to be their whole thing. Is they're on time? Ha ha ha!" The the almost a joke where they put the aid in the closet, <laughs> like <laughs> so close, so close to a joke, but is just you putting a man in a closet for no reason. <laughs> Like, yeah, that could be really funny, but it doesn't work at all. It could pay off because they never but, they never call back to it. Like the guy in the closet never does anything like he should. Ha- they should like put him in the closet and then they they go to open the case. But he's like, he's like, you actually need the code. Like, like there are so many different things you could have done that they just refuse to do because they're like, well, we have to get back to Chevy and, and Dan. Uh, yeah. Uh- just another like character thing like we we established the Chevy Chase in this is the the ladies man and Dan Aykroyd's the one who's like oh come on we don't have time for women now you just want to you know go after that the blonde doctor uh they, that should they sh- they should continue that that bit and that dynamic where when 
at, at the end, they, they all just partner up and he just gets to sleep with that model who's the, the like, Russian uh, agent or, or soldier. It's like, no, that's not... This feels like it's just stroking Aykroyd's ego now instead of, like, that oh, should... Oh, yeah. The, it, it should be, you know, it should be, like, the fat dude who's there now or something who, or, you know, any any bit other than, no, he's just going to hook up with a gorgeous yeah, woman it's, also it's, here. It's uh, it's ghost blow job all over again is what it is. What it is. He's like, yeah. I'm going to make one of the greatest comedies of all time, and in the middle of it, a ghost is going to like me so much, they're going to fillet me. Uh this would maybe be the greatest movie ever if this you know came coming out when it did a year after ghostbusters and that scene there's no one for him and a ghost just blows him again just again oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was and like he no all, all my movies that happens driving miss daisy ghost blow ghost blows, yeah exactly <laughs> that that's fucking hysterical um uh oh, one more thing with Aykroyd. what they don't like each other at the beginning of this movie and while D- Dan Aykroyd hasn't had time to uh, adequately study for this exam, he's still the smart one who's probably going to do okay. Why Why does he start helping Chevy Chase uh, cheat oh, and, right? and like no just reason. lean into the bit? Like that that part makes no sense. Yeah, inexplicable. That's makes like one of the no sense. That's one of the worst parts of this movie. It's like why. Why is this guy even getting drawn into the conflict? He like clearly has no reason to help this guy or anything. Yeah, Th- this movie has like, all sorts of little mistakes. And like that's that. it's it's not it wouldn't be that hard to do that they're they're sitting next to each other and Chevy Chase fucks up so badly that he makes it look like Dan Aykroyd's helping him cheat when he's yeah. not. But Dan Aykroyd starts helping him. Yeah, <laughs> it should be that Dan Aykroyd gets. Gets uh gets pulled into it. Actually, yeah, you know yeah. you know what you know what the 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 better you know what what the better uh relationship dynamic of this is. It's the other guys. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the two. Yeah. It's the it's the two people that 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 are are drawn together that don't want to be but end up becoming such great friends. But you're right that he he from the outset like a man in in what again is so ripe for comedy and yeah. just misused. Chevy Chase walks into a room wearing an eye patch and 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 having a, an arm in a sling. Yeah. Just a bunch of shit that should have been funny. Could have been funny. Like the 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 moment where he's where he's he's like cheating is like again very nearly great, but it's like over telegraphed. Oddly where he's like he's like pulling off the eye patch to cheat and he's pulling an entire curriculum out of his mouth in a way that like it, it, it reaches points where it's trying to be more outlandish than the rest of the movie lets it be. Um, where like, if you're going to lean into this, this sort of like app, like complete abstract, like wacky comedy, then like, just do it. But instead they're, they, they, they don't quite understand like what tone it's going to fully take through the, through the rest of the movie. Uh, I, I feel like the the whole Aykroyd character in this movie and that that type in in movies is sort of sort of gets market corrected fifteen years later by uh, Ben Stiller, where like I can imagine him doing this kind of movie and and Ben Stiller being the smart one and you know say Owen Wilson's the the Chevy Chase role. Wow. And ben Stiller could could really play that like smart, but then they they do always do that really well like. 
meet the parents and uh and like there's something about mary are perfect examples of like ben stiller as the the kindly victim movies mm-hmm. where he's always getting hurt and blamed for things that aren't him where you could you can imagine that that playing that is uh that's like really fun weird casting for this movie made <laughs> like later that is actually right yeah, uh, and makes more sense. Called, they want to hit it. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that makes way, that makes more sense than this casting, which is probably some of the interesting stuff about it. I would more buy Belushi because you you if if that character is going to be that that wacky, or if or if Dan Eckert's character is going to accept him, it it is it makes more sense if he if he's the guy who thinks that he's a lady killer, yeah, and then isn't. But Chevy Chase too often already in his career. <laughs> had played the guy that gets laid. Yeah. Yeah. But Belushi so, like, also, like, obviously not, like, a conventionally very handsome guy, but he was such a rock star on screen and yeah. off screen that, like, you don't have to sell me that John Belushi could get the girl. Like, I believe that. <laughs> yeah, but, and it's like, you, you, you like, you, you could have all the other characters looking at him as if he's a crazy person, and then when he actually goes and just, like, like gets the girl when he's just with the who he first thinks is a doctor and then turns out is a spy who's also <laughs> yeah. a bad actress. Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd's wife in real life. Yeah, just real, <laughs> real not good, man. Holy also, shit. The scene where they're talking in a, a tent wow. and it's supposed to be, she thinks he's a doctor and he just grabs her boob. I, uh, both, it's like, both. wow, <laughs> this is... We're like the movie barely acknowledges that she is slightly annoyed, but it's just like okay. <laughs> it's like he, wow, he two this hands is, it. 80s sucked. <laughs> he wow. two first hands of all, it you're in saying, a crazy way. First of all, you're saying she's not a good actress. What's next? Are you gonna say Kate Capshaw is not a good actress? Jeez. I uh, I'm just out here just spitting spitting some wild takes. Um, uh, like the fact that this film, uh, it is it it is. Can we? Can I? All right. So we've we've loosely met. They they're they're everyone is in this movie. How is everyone in this movie? Yeah, Sam Raimi and Joel Cohen are the <laughs> security guards in that one scene. Yeah, that's uh, like wild. Terry Ray Harry Terry Houston. Gilliam, Gilliam yeah. is one of the, the doctors. fucking doctors. Yeah, why? <laughs> well, uh, Frank Oz is 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 in it for yep. for uh, a second. Ba- Bernie, Bob Hope. Ber- Bernie Casey as Colonel Rhombus. J- yeah. Just uh, j- one of the most badass looking motherfuckers that just has ever lived, like uh uh and, and like NFL player, like really great acting career, specifically in um shit. What do I really love him in? Um. Uh. Well, I well he well he's in he's he's in a Bond movie. Yeah, he played uh uh, uh he played lighter in in the um in the oh, not yeah, Bond. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's our fun connection that isn't a connect that isn't a connection. <laughs> um, but point being is is oh oh duh he's the teacher in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That is what I always 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 remember him from. Yeah, that's, is that's he's it. the stern awesome teacher. Uh, Ray Harryhausen, the the stop motion guy, is like one of the doctors also. Yeah, like I saw his name in the opening credits, and I was like, "What? <laughs> like, did he act in anything else?" It's so it random. Is, it's insane. I, 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 it, it. They're all in it, and and all of them for like a split second. Uh, 
it it is the wildest like like uh like goose hunt goose hunt wild goose chase that's the word i'm like holy crap yeah. i'm tired <laughs> is it is the weirdest like wild goose chase like just like oh what that person oh okay sure um and as you said it it they like it's a comedy that filmed on location put that into in yeah, your yeah. indian rings like they filmed yeah. in norway and in the sahara that's insane <laughs> yeah. that's bonkers you don't get to just yeah. do that um, yeah that scene with the the cabin in russia is like what this like clearly they're not doing this on the warner brothers back yeah. lot it's like why why would you film this in this stunning location with the lake right there for this dumb comedy they filmed the dumb like acme tomato thing coming down from the sky and smooshing a building all that is just in the sahara they're just <laughs> out in the, like they they like the, I, this movie it is wild it's wild to me that this movie uh exists it's wild that this movie is like bad and then uh uh i don't know i mean i it, there's a reason why i'm i'm i am glad that we watched it because like it's bonkers and more people need to just like experience <laughs> this just to say to themselves that they, that they did see it because everyone in it is is so much better than what this ends up becoming like the the entire score is is elmer bernstein who did a, a like almost oh, yeah. all the land scenes uh, almost all of the landis stuff and did ghostbusters but, the year before a fantastic yeah, score but, oh and and goes way back to you know magnificent seven and great escape just all, yeah to kill a mockingbird just all-time film composer and this score is not great <laughs> it's boring somehow yeah, the, all the, of these the people score... came together and are mediocre the score is like very sincere. It, it seems like the yeah mediocre version of what this would be as an action movie. Yes, which, which um, is which kind of uh, makes sense, but yeah, it's it's uh, it is it is uh, it's awesome. It is awesome that that it is so odd. Um, so our friendos uh are selected. They go through a, a, a test. They're ch- quote unquote chosen. We as the audience know that it's because they're terrible. They then go into what is supposed to be the fun, funny training montage um, where shenanigans ensue as they are trained. Holy shit, is that like seven minutes of film buck wild? Yeah, that, that is the craziest sequence in this whole movie. It's, yeah, they, it's they put when they, he says get your heads down and they go underwater and then they start shooting it seems like real, real bullets, bullets? Yeah, like, shooting. Yeah. yeah bullets are hitting the water like, okay like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that that is a, a very bond like maybe the most james bond like moment is when the uh the training camp is introduced just by having ninjas for no reason in the woods oh yeah, yeah that, that's, that that's very bond shit yeah <laughs> And then Colonel, and then the lights go on, and Colonel, Colonel Rhombus is like, "This is how I like to introduce the new recruits." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I okay, actually, you know what? A joke that I thought was was only it was only good because Chevy Chase delivered it, and he's he's like the likable scumbag. Is he does? They're surrounded by white ninjas, um, a thing you could only do in the 1980s uh, <laughs> and early 90s. But they're surrounded by white ninjas, uh, and he pulls out his wallet and he says, "Hey, look, this is a picture of my sister." Yeah. Already weird, it's in his wallet. He look, this is a picture of my sister. You can have her, comma. I've heard she's really good. <laughs> 
Yeah, also <laughs> very weird. What a <laughs> weird line. So, so weird. His, his brother-in-law <laughs> is is getting a beer with him, and he's like, by the way, sister, phenomenal it's in bed. so yeah. weird. <laughs> Every part of that is weird in a way that I like. I almost had to pause it because I was like, there's no way that this is the script. There's There's every possibility that this is just Chevy trying some stuff. The real world implications of every piece of that are are deafening. They're insanity. Um, they get lit on fire. Uh, they do a yeah, very do. cheesy G force. Oh, the, the centrifuge. Yeah, the, uh, another Bond connection. Got the Moonraker yeah, uh, centrifuge uh, yeah. chamber. That's um, a scene uh, you can tell. Like uh, though, again, like they want it to be really, really funny. Like that's supposed to be a big like moment. It just doesn't work at all. Does not land. Yeah. So about 1985, I feel like, was the most 80s year. You've got, at least for, for movies, like Stallone, King of the World at that time, Rambo, First Blood Part Two, and Rocky Four come out the same year. Like, that's just the year we're like, yeah, Reagan, baby, we're going for it. If by most 80s, you mean greatest year for the history of movies <laughs> ever. I mean, yeah. Well, you back, have, back to the yeah. Future comes out. Back so. to the Future, Goonies, Breakfast Club, Clue. Like those are some eighties ass movies, yeah. And God, Rocky Four, obviously the greatest movie that's ever been made. Is there any that's... way for us to stretch a world into where Clue is a Bond movie? Because that's one of my favorite films. <laughs> um, uh, or Rocky Four. I take Rocky Four. I... Uh, Weird Science well, Dolph comes Lundgren out in a Bond movie the same year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Weird Science comes out in in eighty five. A movie that most people probably won't see anymore, but. Uh, has a song that everyone will hear. Um, um, yep. Is the song Weird Science? The song Science yeah. is Weird. Weird. Yeah. Um, another, a, John, a John Hughes, Anthony Michael Hall joint. That's some 80s, some 80s <laughs> stuff if I've ever heard it. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, they are trained. Good job. No mole appears. <laughs> nope. Let it be known. Um, they're then dropped out of, uh, they're then dropped, uh, into the middle of, uh, of Pakistan, um, in a big cargo ship. Another joke is supposed to happen where the two of them are sitting and eating chips and drinking beer. Another joke that probably lands a lot better with, uh, with, uh, Belushi. Um, you yeah. get, like, you can see so much of it through, through this, that, like the stuff that they just didn't rewrite for a different actor. Yeah, I'll, I'll confess here. I've never loved Chevy Chase, and John Belushi just had it in a way that I don't think Chase ever really did. And so he was a guy who could just kind of exist, or he could he could stumble around, you know, shove food in his mouth, do a lot of the same shit that Chevy Chase does in parts of this movie. And I think it's a lot funnier than Chevy Chase doing it. I I, I know you really disagree. Spe- yeah. no, 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 no. I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I think that Chevy Chase is very specific. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that this is a really in, – in a movie that was never going to be great, it was always just going to be just okay, they took someone who has a very specific sense of humor and switched it with for someone else, right? You wh- Who you want in this role is a, is a Belushi, is a um, – Bill Murray could have uh, done it. Yeah, Bill Murray. Bill Murray could have done it. Like if you if you jump forward, uh, Jim Carrey could have done it. If you do it in like the in the nineties, like there is a difference between like a humor that, yeah. that they they all have. They have a lovability where where like when when 
when they fall back assward into the attractive woman or into success, you like it. Mm-hmm. When when it happens to Chevy Chase, like you're you're like, why this douchebag? Like he is supposed yeah. to he's supposed to play the guy that thinks he's better than you. Um, yeah. And and like that that didn't work for this role because this role was a guy that we were supposed to he was supposed to think that but we're supposed to still like him. Like you don't like Chevy Chase in this movie. He's not a likable. His character is not enjoyable. At least Dan Aykroyd's character clearly has like sort of a set of morals wants to do good like you you like his character at the very least speaking of bill murray the like the whole training sequence we talked about that that almost plays like an unfunny version of like a lot of stripes in a way yeah oh Um, yeah yeah i was wondering when did stripes come out because they're kind of similar movies years before this okay um and stripes i think is pretty funny until it becomes a war movie for no reason at the end yeah (laughs) like okay yeah stripes stripes is 81 and i i really like just as you said i really like the majority of stripes yeah this to me feels a little bit like inferior stripes i don't know they're very very similar sort of like buddy comedies around like you know war or government stuff but stripes works for the most part where this just nothing about it works at all no, nothing. They they call, they they call back sort of home to the home office on a payphone to say that they have not in fact died by the KGB operatives. Who? Okay, hold up. Wait, real fast. Can we get more of those KGB operatives? The the guys from Animal House. They were delightful. <laughs> they're they're like preppy nineteen eighties clothing is great. The fact that they uh, they fucking appear uh, out of nowhere outside of the outside of the jeep, I I laughed. Oh oh, when they uh, like teleport, yeah. yeah, they they literally defy physics, and I enjoyed it. That worked for me. Yeah, um, uh, like it, it. The movie wanted way more of that if it was going to go that direction. Um. Uh, and then uh, they they start to head into Russia, and they get my favorite thing in the whole movie, which is those big fucking puffy coats. Yeah, I'd wear one of those. Yeah, that's a they, big part of the comedy in the the last uh, act of the movie. They it's were just them wearing those coats. It's on the po- the coats are on the poster. The, yeah. I would argue that the coats are a big selling point for the entire film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the, um, the hats they have good hats. For most of it. they've got like uh the 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 i think we're, we're at a point of of of, of oddness or or, or etc um what is the scene to each of you that is that is the funniest scene and or like funniest moment i i think you gotta go doctor doctor is it doctor doctor, doctor yeah it's doctor. gotta be do- yeah yeah that's that's the funniest moment in the whole movie it uh, it feels good. It feels good when they're doing it. Yeah, because that that's like. Also, too, I think it's funny because that's been replicated recently in um, JoJo Rabbit. Yeah, where the yeah. People are just saying the same Hitler. reading over. Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And like, uh, that's a really good bit. Just like, also, too, it sort of, sort of leans into like the smugness of doctors. Like, oh, doctor, yeah. yes, doctor, yeah. 
like wanting to be called doctor all the time. I, and that's it has, the best it, has a, it has a strong ending where the one guy does what should have happened at the beginning. Right at the end, he goes, well, doctors, and just leaves. And it's like, yeah, you could have pluralized it. Yeah. Like, he solves the problem right before he leaves the scene, which is like smart comedy. Like that's That's really good. But unfortunately, then you just have Chevy Chase fucking poking his own ribs about the joke at the end of the scene. Uh, I yeah, I didn't really have one in mind, but that that part's pretty good. Uh, I laughed out loud when a Russian soldier pulls a grenade and throws it. Uh, and none of this is funny. And uh, Chevy Chase catches it. Also not funny. Dan Aykroyd is scared. Also not funny. But Chevy Chase in a sh- they they pivot back to the to the point of view of the Russian. Chevy Chase just stands up. And like he was tossing like a softball back over like a small hill, just sort of like woo, just hucks the grenade. I fucking lost it. It was uh, it 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 was so it was funny in like a natural way that that a lot of this movie wishes it was. Um, like it felt uh like you know I don't know any of those great mo- moments from from comedians that like it's not supposed to be funny the other parts are supposed to be funny the joke is supposed to be that that these guys are scared of a grenade um but like I don't know I I uh I laughed uh very very hard at that moment it definitely uh, it definitely has laughs. And by laughs, I mean one or two laughs. laughs. One or two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm using laughs very liberally there. L- li- very, very literally, as in a couple of. Yeah, it has, it has a couple of laughs. Yeah. And um, that's it. I smiled at a government agency, uh, uh, their secret alias being the Ace Tomato Company. That's enjoyable. It's not, la- it's not a laugh, but it's it's at least an enjoyable fake name. Um. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to say about spies like us? Um. Yeah, it's it's definitely a movie you can watch. I, if you choose to, you can find this movie and watch it. They're, That's they're about like the best us. endorsement I can give. Those spies. It. it uh, uh, I would say watch watch the music video because that's an interesting historical document there. Yeah, yeah, John Paul Landis. Wrote a song uh, for it. John Landis has famously said that the that the song <laughs> is terrible and sucks. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, <laughs> which is which is awesome when you can say that full throatedly about a Paul McCartney Does, created thing for your movies. He's like, yeah, that sucks. Do, uh, has Landis spoken about this movie? Does he think this movie is good? I can't imagine he does. I it feels sloppily directed like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel loved right it it feels like an editor went in and fixed a lot of shit after um like i I, a lot of the shots are kind of lazy like they when when they turn the cameras on in the test room like that's supposed to be a big fun secret reveal like they landis didn't try at all to like captured the that the moments then from angles that the cameras are showed at he just did like the uh, uh like he half he half asked a found footage moment halfway through it i it i highly doubt it would be my short answer i bet that john landis enjoyed one of the scripts that he read and then they started shooting and i bet he was like i can't believe i'm doing this 
Yeah. But it, it feels like with a with a Judd Apatow or someone like that, they they could have fixed some of this on set almost with you know good comic actors and some improv and you know it. I feel like this could have been better regardless of the script if if his heart was really in it as, as he oh, said. Oh yeah, I I I I agree. I think that it would have required just time. I think that you 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 would have just sort of like forced like Chevy and Dan into a place where they are playing more like it, it a lot of it just feels like a movie it just it feels like a, it feels like a script you can you can it feels like actors reading a script uh yeah and to uh, to the detriment truly of of like of what was never going to be an astounding movie it was always going to yeah. be just a bad 80s comedy um but like it truly feels like the um the all of the parts are are so much greater than than what ends up uh, uh, coming off. Yeah, well, you get like stuff like Stripes or like Three Amigos are like the far better versions of these kind of like tossed yeah. together. Like here's a like what if Bill Murray was <laughs> dumb and insubordinate in the army? Like sure, let's make that movie. <laughs> like yeah, like what? Well, yeah, and and people that would be more willing to people that would be more willing to play around than Chevy Chase or or Dan Aykroyd to be perfectly fair are mm-hmm. more willing to to uh make themselves the butt of a joke than those two dudes. Yeah. Should we move on to top 5 of of these two guys? Let's do Is it. Is it time? Oh, I made I made individual top fives. Was I supposed to make a top five of the two of them combined? Oh, I, I meant top I, five com- combined. But you can you can do five for each if if you got them. I I don't think I would be able to get like five I movies get, that I like with each of them. Oh, I could get I could get five, could get five. easily with the, It's actually kind of hard to combine them into one. Yeah, okay, that's I, why I, I did, did both. I did combined. Oh. You you did, wait, don't think you do? well, 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 I, I did combine. You don't okay. think you could do five Dan Eckwood movies? Uh, no, I could, well, but they, most of them wouldn't star him then. It would be like that, gross point blank or something would, would be on there. The, I, I threw those in my list. I'm not necessarily yeah. going for stars for them. But we, it we, doesn't have to be as, also the majority of things he did was two, were two handers or three handers anyway. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I'll say now for, for really my two honorable mentions that I didn't put, uh, gross point blank or, um, Tommy boy, because he's, you know, T- tiny supporting roles in, in each of those but uh he makes car parts for the american working man because that's what he is and that's who he cares about tommy boy's great those though. are both in there for dan Aykroyd. i'm, I'm throwing i out. fucking love tommy boy so much the great outdoors with john candy is an absolute yes. classic you gotta love that movie i you gotta you gotta you gotta um i did okay since you did one top five and I, Road Warrior, did you do two top fives? I have one top five. You have one two. Oh, for the love. Okay. Then I will just read. Well, what? Yeah, why no, no, no. Just... I will read from both when it is my turn. I'll, I'll read from, from both lists. Okay. Uh, yeah. Why, why don't you uh, start then? Um, sure. Your, your top fives. I'll top, start my top fives. I will gladly say that, like, I think you start to get, you start to, to dig after a top five for each of them. I think that yeah. both of I think both of them have a have a pretty defined uh set of of, of top fives. Um Ackroyd uh for top five, uh number five for me is Driving Miss Daisy. 
um uh uh like i i he i don't know man he's good in that movie um and for chevy chase for uh, number five i have christmas vacation sure Ooh. yes um and those will start my lists um Two movies that are probably not going to, uh, almost assuredly, won't be on either of, of your um, combined. Well, cri- uh, Christmas, Christmas Vacation, Christmas is, vacation uh, is an honorable mention for me in there because it's a very, very fun movie. I, I, yeah, I know that's a, a beloved movie. That's just not one I, I grew up with. I think I watched it as an adult and, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, it's l- not like, my favorite, right. but it is like um, I have to respect it for for the sort of bigness of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, my, my uh, number five is Caddyshack. Uh, I actually don't love uh, Chevy Chase's performance in Caddyshack, but Bill Murray is just an all-time comic performance in that movie, and uh, Rodney Dangerfield's obviously funny. It's it's a good example of the very kind of lazy, uh, also horny 80s comedy. <laughs> uh, go for it. Uh, my number five, Sneakers with Dan Aykroyd. I've I've All never right. seen it. It's a Sneakers classic is great. Movie. Sneakers, Sneakers is, is so fun. good. Sneakers is fun. He he's really fun in it. Kind of playing his crazy self. Yeah. And um that's a really good movie. Pretty underrated. I think as Lynn Man- Man- Manuel Miranda said in a tweet a couple of years ago, what a great movie. Why has no one ever remade this or done anything? So, it's yeah, just a Sneakers fun movie. Is fun. I I completely forgot about him and that movie. That Sneakers yep. is fun. Shit, uh, that makes that makes me upset. That was awesome. Um, my number four. Uh, f- my number four for Dan Aykroyd is Trading Places. Uh, awesome. It's Trading Places. I'm not. I don't have to. It's. I. It, I love that movie. It, it's a, a, a. I think he's really good in it. My number four for Chevy Chase is Three Amigos. Oh. These lists are wild. Um, but I'm excited about them. I definitely grew up on Three Amigos. Um. It is exactly my style of humor. It is the perfect level of stupid. I would watch uh, Steve Martin do anything. Um, the the insane likability of Steve Martin and Martin Short so beautifully counteracts the the unlikability of Chevy Chase. Yeah, like that movie's fucking. I'm a big fan of that movie. I think that movie's hilarious. My combined number four is is Three Amigos. Uh, yeah, su- super funny. Uh, you know, d- doesn't like totally hold up, hold together as a movie, but there's just some sequences, the uh, Steve Martin doing like, I'm going to do bird calls when I go up here, look up here, oh. look up here. And just, uh, I think it, it's, it might've been inspired or lifted from like, there's a, a bit where like someone's sneaking into a place in Kentucky fried movie and trying to be super quiet and is just knocking over all this shit. And the guard there just doesn't hear anything. <laughs> it's so funny. And it's, it's just great that the Steve Martin look up here, like you too, you too. Uh, and then J- Joe Mantegna and Phil Hartman in the scene, <laughs> like so uh, good. it'll be a cold day in hell when an actor tells Harry Frugelman what to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, there's so many bits in that movie that are, yeah. that are brilliant. Him talking about their last failed movie where it was like Amigos Take Manhattan or something. He's <laughs> like, no one wants to watch three wealthy landowners spend a, a pleasant vacation yeah. in, in New York. <laughs> we strayed from the formula and we paid the price. 
I'm gonna have to rewatch that movie because that is one it's, of those ones that really is like fun. a critical, like a bit of a critical failure, and is yeah, yeah. I, I think is so fun. Oh yeah, that when they the first like half hour of it is is brilliant with Joe Mantegna and then them coming in and like singing My Little Buttercup. Oh my great. god, I will always be able to to picture <laughs> the almost the entire My Little Buttercup scene in my head. It is picture perfect comedy. Um, our dubs. Uh, what's your uh, number four? My number four is Vacation. Hell yeah! It's I, Will. I don't think you're a big fan of Vacation, but I like it a lot. It's I've been seeing it forever. John Hughes movie, Chevy Chase. That's. It's funny. He has these movies where he's either in like a two hander or an ensemble. You take like even like Spies Like Us or Caddyshack, and then he has these movies where he's like really the star. And I think he does well in those. Strangely enough, and Vacation's a really good example. Funny, funny movie. Great story. Kind of really good, a heartfelt comedy with like a little bit of raunchiness and like a little bit of slapstick thrown in there. It's fun. Mm. I agree. Um, it's not, it's one of, that is not one where it's like, it's not a thing that I grew up with. They were, they were too raunchy. I was not allowed as a kid to watch them, but they, I, ha- I watched them when I was older and I have to like respect everything that sort of was able to come after them because of their existence. Like they are, um, uh, they're, they're, they're sort of, you know, seminal comedies. Um, my three for Ackroyd is blues brothers, baby. It's blues brothers. They're on a mission from God. Um, uh, that's uh, my three is as well. Yeah. Uh, and my number three for Chevy Chase, we just, we just talked about it in very similar senses is Caddyshack. Um, it's not my favorite performance of his. I do, I do like him in it because I, again, I I think that he's at his best when he's playing someone who's kind of smarmy or someone that that is, uh, uh, very full of themselves. Um, uh, and, and I, I like him in that role, especially because, uh, well, it's not every scene, but like a lot of his scenes go straight from sort of his nonsense into Bill Murray's nonsense. Yeah. Which is like they juxtapose each other comedically really well. Yeah. Um, but those are those are my threes. Um Oh no, I'm low battery alert. Um let me figure that out. I haven't we're, heard we're of not, this we're film. We're not plugged um, in. Yeah, yeah. everything I just said the... is the name of the movie. Oh no, low battery alert, dot dot dot. We'll have to figure that out is my third favorite. Dan Aykroyd slash Chevy Chase. Movie. Yeah, and it was a great. They were together in it. It was so yeah. fun. I it's it's really yeah no it's really interesting. It's it was a great. Um, Elia Kazan's ghost came back and directed <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah, and well, it's interesting too that he plays a huge part in the movie. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, Mary Curie uh, wrote the screenplay. <laughs> yeah, amongst her other experiments. The yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, she was, uh, she, she, she had the cancer and, and was like, you know what? I've always wanted to do, write a wacky buddy comedy. Uh, yeah, when they... did she die? That would, may have been a really, 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 uh, do, were films? I don't, I know too little about Mary Curie. Oh, it was the 1800s. She didn't write a movie. She wrote a play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah okay well it's what the movie was based on yeah I mean, I mean, the movie is based on the un the un ever performed it's weird Mary too that Curie she wrote play. a play about batteries during the 1800s yeah. well the, the the baghdad battery had existed at some point 
we're now getting into the fact that Max has watched lots of Mythbusters in his life. Let's get back on track. Uh, yes, I, I said a minute ago, my number three is uh, Blues Brothers. Uh, 2000, just, yeah, just me such too. A, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you know, 2000s is the better one. Um, yeah, t- Blues Brothers is such a g- crazy idea for, for a movie. Take this sketch and like SNL skit and make it over two hours long and just add it, car chases and all these, you know, classic R&B uh, soul artists and... Uh, it's wacky. It's just great entertainment. It's a, it's a really good time and great music, obviously. Yeah, I, I just want to say this now, since you guys have both mentioned it, Blues Brothers is not on my list, and I don't agree that it's maybe one of the best five movies that either one of them has been in. But yeah, not a huge nostalgia thing for me. I've only seen it a couple of times. I think I watched it once with my dad when I was a kid. But um, so that's that's an honorable mention. I sure. like it a lot. This is the list I'm going a lot off nostalgia. I really, really leaned into it. Hell yeah. What's your number three, bud? And these next three are all big nostalgia ones. Number three is Fletch. It's a classic. It's freaking awesome. The audience at home cannot see me as I take a virtual <laughs> victory lap yeah. at... I uh, Please. I almost, I'll, I'll say nothing. All I can say is if you have not seen Fletch, just watch it because it succeeds where like Spies Like Us fails on every level. It's trying to do like be a comedy and a little bit of a, you know, like a spy movie and all this. And it does all those things poorly. Fletch is a comedy that's also like a thriller and a mystery. And it does all of those things incredibly well. It is an unbelievable movie that has been sort of forgotten by time. It could be number one for me. I, I put it at three, but everybody should watch the movie Fletch at some point and really just dive into the masterpiece of it. I'm just going to shout out another movie, sadly forgotten by time, and it's 2022's Fletch, directed by Greg Matola, starring yep. John Hamm. Yeah, that's called uh, Confess, ac- Fletch. A- actually, uh, yeah, I Confess, haven't watched Fletch. It. Is it good? Actually, actually uh, really fun. I really uh, want to watch you, it. You should watch it, yeah. I need to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. I do too. I, I, I saw it, as per I think its reputation already. I saw it in a mostly empty theater, and me and the other twelve people were laughing a lot. <laughs> I yeah, I need to see that because John Hamm. The you, the more you think about it, the more you're like, that yeah, yeah, he's actually a really good <laughs> casting for Fletch. Um, which a, a ser- hey, by the by, a series I did not realize was a freaking book series before yeah. the movie Fletch came out. Did not realize it. Um, or Fletch Lives, which is another movie that I like. Uh, not nearly as good as Fletch, but I still live and die with it. Um, my number twos. These are my twosies. This is where we get real. This is where, if you had to make a combined top five, these are on my, probably my. These are 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 almost assuredly on my top five. Uh, yeah. For a combined list. Um, my number two for Chevy Chase is Vacation. Um, we already talked about it. As I said, it, it was not a thing I grew up with, but I have to respect it and what it, what it was and what it has done. And my number two, Dan Aykroyd, it's gross point blank. You said it as a detractor. He is the main villain in that film. He is the third build character. I'm I'm totally fine with that being a Chevy Chase movie. And a if Dan I'm, Aykroyd. Or sorry, sorry, a Dan Aykroyd movie. And if I'm fine with that, gross point blank fucking rules. That movie is hilarious. It is awesome. 
He is really funny and really good in it. The scene where the two of them are both have their hands in the paper bags because they're both going to shoot each other. Mm. They're both just sort of like walking around a little bit is fucking great. I love that movie. The, the it is one of the few films uh, that had a uh, not only does it have a a soundtrack. The soundtrack was so successful they released a second soundtrack to that movie. That movie is a is a uh, a a perfect microcosm where it's a it's a movie that takes pure, uh, that takes place during a time period, but also talks about a time period a decade before then. Uh, Mini Driver is perfect in it and so freaking cute. Um, I love that movie. I adore that movie, and Dan Aykroyd is a big, big part of it um, for me. He monologues through the whole thing, and it's great. We're all big GPB heads, yeah. We're all- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, yeah, my number two is uh, is Trading Places. Um, another uh, John Landis joint. Uh, yeah, just a classic 80s comedy. I watched it a few years ago uh by myself and and was laughing out loud uh which doesn't happen a lot and like the the sight of uh like for like just visual uh physical comedy um dan Aykroyd as like drunk bum santa um taking the like entire salmon out of his uh out of his coat and like eating it through his beard on the public bus is absolutely hilarious uh yeah it's obviously all time like eddie murphy uh movie as well he's hilarious in it yeah uh my number two is ghostbusters because i know it's gonna be everyone else's number one (laughs) my number two what needs to be said it's freaking ghostbusters it's a great movie it's ghostbusters yeah you could pay you could do an entire podcast on ghostbusters Ghostbusters. on everything that's come from ghostbusters on it, it 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 has inspired a Halloween song, a sequel, a cartoon, a remake, a sequel to, to, to the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's fucking it's Ghostbusters. Yep. Um, two. All right. Anyway. <laughs> uh, my number one Dan Aykroyd movie, and if I had to combine them, my number one is Ghostbusters. Um. I don't have to talk about it because if you're if if you're uh, an American between the ages of like sixty and twenty, you've seen Ghostbusters. You've probably seen it multiple times. Um, uh, it's great. Everyone in it is perfect. Uh, uh, Bill Murray being everything you want him to be. Um, tell him about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? An an impossibly perfectly quotable movie. Um, everything about it is picture perfect. I love Ghostbusters. Uh, my number one Chevy Chase movie and the thing that would have been my number two overall is Fletch. Um, there we go, baby. It's Fletch. I, I, it, 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 it is, uh, a, it is a type of comedy that is not often done. I argue that it's a type of comedy that if you release the exact cut of it now would have been really successful. Um, uh, like as just a Netflix movie or something, because it is sardonic. It is, uh, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It is, uh, viciously sort of like anti-establishment. It is about a, uh, an investigative reporter, but without being pithy, it, it, 
uh, it like it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time deals with major issues like police brutality and the the drug crisis and uh, rich people getting away with everything. And at the same time, Chevy Chase is playing his perfect role, which is to say he's playing a guy that thinks that he is smarter and better than everyone else. Um, yes. But in this very specific script, you do like him for it. Because in this specific instance, he kind of is at least a little smarter and more interesting than everyone else. Um, it's very good. It's a very good movie. I'm glad we got another F Shack guy up, up here, you know. That's, <laughs> you and I are in the Fletch Shack. Putting Fs in the chat. Putting Fletches in the chat. Yeah, uh, yeah my number one is, of course, Ghostbusters. Uh, uh, not like, Fletch? Uh... Like, one of the last movies we discussed, Raiders, it kind of... It, it's impossible to... to underestimate or uh impossible to uh overestimate just at the the influence it's had over everything in in the last uh 40 years for for better and worse but you know the movies it's a great movie it's not responsible for maybe some of the bad things that have come out of it um but it's yeah it's a bunch of really funny people um at their absolute best and bringing out the best in, in each other and just firing all on all cylinders um yeah of course ghostbusters it's great my number one caddyshack <laughs> yeah and uh, ride or die golfer it's a i'm a ride or die golfer <laughs> i love I, I played golf since i was five years old it was my one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up and i was old enough to see it uh chevy chase in that movie as bad of a performance as it is was always the guy like secretly wanted to be like yeah i want to be this really rich guy who's like a bachelor who is just sort of like going around playing golf shooting a 68 every day but not keeping score so i got a big nostalgia element but also too i do think it is an incredible movie and i think it's reach and what it the movies that have come in its wake it doesn't really get appreciated enough for those like that movie really defines what i would call the the buddy ensemble, just sort of fun group of actors doing a thing movie. I think Anchorman owes a lot to that. I think the whole Brad Pack that sure. we grew up with, those all those Owen Wilson, the Luke Wilson yeah. you know, movies, I think they owe a huge debt of gratitude to that movie. I think just in the comedy realm, it's got to be one of the most important movies ever made. And so I can justify both for the nostalgia element, but also it's a great movie. Uh, okay. Uh, well done. Uh, I'll say, uh, I, you mentioned spy earlier. I, I do not have uh spy in this bag, but uh, I will put oh, it you in don't? this bag. Cause that oh. you're, you're right. That, that, that fits. I think it feel it on and it fits better than this did. It, it does. <laughs> that does legitimately feel like a, a bond movie. Uh, yeah, also yeah. because the, who ends up being the second hand to her is like, is the villain slash bond girl. But they don't sleep together because Melissa McCarthy is Bond, which is great. They just become best friends. Um, that movie is also yeah. worth a rewatch. Hey, person uh, listening to this, that movie's great. <laughs> Spy, Spy has a lot of redeemable qualities. I, it weirdly fell under, no, the, I, I don't, under the rug. I think that movie's really funny. Yeah, no, I don't think it, it needs to be redeemed. I, I think it's. I think it probably after Bridesmaids, it's maybe the next best Fe- Feige movie. Um, Fe- Feig? 
Um do you do you know what movie we have coming up in the bag that uh features a tiny uh Dan Aykroyd appearance? Agent Cody Banks. It's, is it is he in Agent Cody Banks? No no, I just said that. It was a oh. <laughs> I did it off instinct. Hor- I know bosses. Uh, Temple of Doom. Oh. Okay. Well, oh, he could yeah. have been an Agent Cody Banks. Have you ever <laughs> seen it? I don't. He he. That is the exact time period that he would have just popped up in Agent Cody Banks if he if someone offered him fucking fifty thousand to just be like say three lines of dialogue in Cody Banks. I I could imagine that. All right, pick our next movie. If it's Agent Ooh. Cody Banks. Pretty much times we've now said it out loud. And oh yeah, <laughs> the hunt for Red October. Let's get. Oh turned. wow, that is gonna All be right. that. That is a fantastic movie to pull out of this bag right now. That is a a, a real a real turn. Um... It's no, well, it's not Agent Cody Banks, but you know they can't <laughs> it's all. It's not Triple X, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's got the Connery. It's got it's got good. It's got good Baldwin. Good Baldwin, <laughs> which you love good, to good see. Good boy Baldwin. <laughs> got good boy Baldwin. Well, that's very exciting. We haven't done enough submarine movies on here too. The only submarine movie we've <laughs> done is Spy Who Loved Me and Tomorrow Never Dies. So <laughs> yeah. shit, I so. don't know if I think of those as submarine movies, yeah. but yeah. well, they're yeah, not, yeah. they're not. Yeah, but. how come how come Das Boot isn't in the bag? <laughs> yeah, shocking. Yeah, we'll get to U five seven one soon enough. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get to K nineteen, The Widowmaker, and Stat. Wait, actually, hold up. Can we get to my actual favorite submarine, which is Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou? <laughs> yeah, that's which got is a lot ha- of my, James Bond. My in actual, yeah. actual favorite submarine movie, if I really had to think about it. Yeah. God, that movie's good. All right, Hunt for October. I can't wait. I'm okay. Excited. Yeah, thanks for uh, listening, everyone. Check out our social media and like and subscribe and all that. And we'll see you uh, very soon for a discussion on John McTiernan's 1990 classic, The Hunt for Red October. Bye.